Hello, uh, it's uh, I Book Manage podcast, and uh, uh, today our guest is uh, Kate Holland, a bookbinder from uh, from the United Kingdom. Uh, we uh, had Kate as a guest uh, uh, during uh, our bookish talk uh, uh, some time ago, and now we invited her for for a longer longer talk. Hi, Kate. Hi, uh, hi, Stefan. Hi, Pavel. Yeah, and uh, Pavel joins us from Moscow as usual. So there is something uh, I wanted to uh, return back to to one topic uh, you touched upon uh, in in this discussion, and we talked a bit about it uh, in in the bookish talk as well. That uh, uh, when uh, the numbers of the participants in the competition started to decline, one of your uh, thoughts was uh, that uh, uh, there is just less interest in bookbinding and less young people coming to bookbinding. And we also discussed the, the fact that there is no you know, long educational program in the UK uh, at the moment for bookbinders. There are separate courses, but there is nothing longer and broader than a series of classes at, uh, at some bookbinders uh, uh, studio or something like that. So uh, is there really a chance for such a program to appear in the future, what should happen for this uh, program to 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 appear? How 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 can it go? What what's your thoughts on that? Uh, um, if I had a crystal ball, um, <laughs> I would. I I I think so. I think there is room for it. I mean, where I teach at West Dean, I think we've persuaded them to have run a bookbinding course. But it's now not going to happen until 2022 and it needs to be approved and it probably won't be very high level book binding it's going to be called books and binding so i think it's going to be look at sort of the history of the book as much as book binding it's a foundation degree so that's so it's, it's all this sort of sort of mix of theory and, and practice or something yeah like yeah i think so and basically they want they wanted a foundation degree for people then coming onto their conservation courses who they would then have a, a, a good basic knowledge of how books are structured and the history of books. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we've persuaded them to do that, which is exciting, but um, colleges and where I was teaching, I think I said, you know, the, we had a fully equipped binder. We had, a, you know, its own room and, and it's just got moved out and out. Multimedia, digital's all come in and the colleges, it's just gonna take time for that wheel to turn and for the colleges to realize that actually, you know, they, they, they need to be providing these crafts courses. And I, I think it's slowly happening, but bookbinding does seem to be always a bit lower down the list in terms of what, what is on offer. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of young people who want who are learning it. They're learning it off. I've come across some amazing bookbinders, and they've learned it all off the internet. They've learned it from books and from YouTube, and they're working. They're gold tooling. They're covering in leather is extraordinary. Um, so, but it doesn't. Um, you still need to meet someone in person. I think it's really important to have uh, personal tuition as well. You know, it's one thing. To learn from the internet but even if it's i've have a student who came to me she was funded by quest so which is the queen elizabeth scholarship trust and they fund craftspeople to go and uh work with a tutor um to get you know a, a fuller program but yeah there's i'm not really answering the question i don't know i have a dream 
that I opened the Bath School of Bookbinding. It'll be like North Bennett Street School in Boston and people will come from all over the world, but um, I've now said it out loud. So if anyone wants to fund it, they, they, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, because uh, it, uh, if, uh, if some 10 years ago, it, it uh, felt like uh, books, uh, paper books are in decline and then they, they will just cleave down uh, from, from that point uh, and, and, and in the future, uh, uh, it's now definitely seems that uh, paper books have a revival and they wouldn't go away for at least uh, some time. Mm. So there, there, it seems like there is a place for, uh, for, for, for a larger book course in, in the UK, especially uh, considering the long-standing tradition of book binding in, in the United Kingdom. No, it's, it's a travesty that there is nothing at the moment and it's, um... I, I try and shout about it as much as possible to as many people as possible. I've even been to the House of Commons and talked to the uh, the committee on what was it, art in education or education, art in education. You know, saying how you know the government is so looking at the STEM subjects. So what is that? Science, technology, engineering, and maths, and they're ignoring the art subjects. They're they're thinking this is the way forward. This is the way the UK can progress in the world. But the UK is also um, it's a brilliant um, innovator and uh, inventor. You know, we're, we're really good at design and uh, um, coming up with new ideas. And, uh, you know, if, if that whole area of, isn't nurtured, there's no point having all those STEM subjects if you haven't got the other side, which is the, the art and design and the, the sort of thinking outside the box. And, the, you know, you need, you need the both to sit alongside each other. So it feels a little bit short-sighted, but it... Um, I'm sure it will happen soon. Yeah, it it was it was quite interesting last year because uh, a coronavirus lockdown sort of started lots of discussion connected to arts and support of arts and the uh, place of arts in in the economy because uh, it is uh, there is this perception that arts arts should be subsidized and they only demand money but in reality arts bring a lot of money to the economy so uh, it's well it's it's, it's, it's not huge. like you yeah, yeah the, and, the arts uh, industry sorry yeah go on yeah well <laughs> the arts uh, industry in, in the uk is massive and it brings in billions and you know i think they're talking about the you know whether it's filmmaking or game design or you know it's it's massive and, and it really needs to be and you know look at most of the you know world's best musicians so many of them come from the uk and so many actors and so many and it's just massive yeah uh, that's, but still, there is this this perception that uh, arts only uh, arts only need uh, subsidies uh, subsidies and uh, and money uh, uh, and uh, they they do not bring any money back and that's not true mm. and mm. that's that's so upsetting and this media uh, uh, representation of arts is is really harmful uh, in in so many ways so uh, yeah it's, really it's also the soft change. power soft power thing isn't it it's, it's yeah. about the world's perception of your country and if your country is producing amazing films or, or music or then then they stand higher on the world stage just because of, of culturally they're they're more as um, more important yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and i'm also really in, interested in, in in the therapeutic side of it and the mental health aspect of it you know i teach book binding to wounded sick and injured soldiers through the banned by veterans scheme, 
which mm -hmm. said we have uh, soldiers who are suffering from PTSD or they've lost limbs or they, um, and then um, just the sort of therapeutic aspect of, of, I think doing anything with your hands is huge and is, is not as recognized as it should be. And along with the mental health aspects of it, you know, the, the, just that sort of self-esteem and, and, and making is, is just so important. And it sounds really, sounds all a bit hipster and a bit wanky, but um, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, uh, the whole idea of trench art, yeah, <clears throat> which some examples of I have in my family uh, collection, uh, both from the first and the second world and world wars. I mean, we have almost zero written recollections from people who made that. And I can only imagine uh, what uh, what it was like in the trenches. But art, art, art brought them solace, and uh, so does so does crafts. And mm. making making something with your uh, with your hands has always been a, a therapeutic uh, enterprise. So um, I, I think what you what uh, what you're doing is great. I uh, I've uh, uh, I also know. Uh, uh, People from UK who do archaeology with uh, with uh, veterans, mm -hmm. who do, who do painting with veterans, and it's 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 also been great both for those who teach and who participate in it. Yeah, no, it's 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 incredibly um, rewarding for as much for me as it is for them. And you, you go on a journey through the week, you know, and and you see they and people arrive, and they're very nervous and 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 leave um you know much more with much greater confidence and and i've also taught children with asperger's and autism and and on those aspects it's really really beneficial i mean what we need is some kind of qualitative research so someone will come in an academic to come in and and see how it is actually improving people's lives you know I mean, it's, it's it's all well and good having hearsay and bookbinders saying yes it's really helpful but um, we need to have a, a, a proper report to say that this is and then maybe government or the powers that be will take notice and and you know fund it or it's all funded through charity and this organization is some uh, some kind of charity bound by veterans yeah uh, it's, uh, it's so, it's, so it's uh, founded by the nations uh, it's um it's run through from shepherds um through their bookbinding workshop in wiltshire um and it has i think funding comes through help for heroes which is a big charity national charity um uh, but it's also self-funded so a lot of the vet the point is that the veterans uh they will work through the city and guilds courses and at the end they'll have um uh qualification which would then mean that they can then go and earn money with their skills or they will make books which are then sold and they help help to fund the um running running the whole charity as well i don't know i don't know the ins and outs of, of, of the, you know, the structure but that's generally uh, could you perhaps describe for our uh, viewers uh, what uh, the West, uh, West Dean College is because I know it's a very British kind of institution, looking like a film set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what it's like working there? Um, it's an extraordinary. It was a wonderful, big 
not stately home, but but big house. I think it was it was originally uh, lived in by Edward James, who was the founder of the British Surrealist movement. So you go in through the front door, and there's a stuffed giraffe, and there's a stuffed polar bear, and then you walk along the corridor, and there's Salvador Dali's May West lips sofa, and then there's you know, and there's it's. It's like living, as you say, it's like Downton Abbey is, you know, being in a, on a film set. But within there, so there's a lot of people live there. Uh, there's residential um, areas. I think most people who are residential are, are, are young, youngish, younger. They're most, I say most of them are postgrads, but so they're sort of mid twenties, thirties. And they're doing a range, there's some amazingly equipped uh, studios, so there's the book binders, the conservation of book binding books, which is where I teach, but then there's also conservation of clocks, of musical instruments, and then they have art studios and, you know, photography and painting and, and it, it covers a huge range of different um, disciplines. It is quite esoteric, it is quite British, it is, uh, and they, they also, I think a lot of the, the money, the, a lot of the funds come from um, short courses. So a lot of them is, is people who come and stay for two or three days and they do botanical illustration for three days or they do pottery for three days. And or they, or they, so it's, it's a mix of residential and short courses. And you get to, if you're staying there, like being in a nice little hotel, you know, you have uh, your own room and your own bathroom and you have all your meals cooked for you. It's for me being a, you know, mother and it's, it's a holiday almost because you don't have to do any cooking, any washing up. It's beautiful grounds, beautiful gardens, amazing walled garden. It's really worth a visit. You can visit it as a, just as a visitor, just to walk around the grounds. Um, but it's really worth going and just signing up for a, even just for a day course or a, just to get a feel for it. It's a, and some really good teachers there. I, mean, I would say that. But <laughs> and the, the, the conservation courses, I think, I think the conservation course may be one of the last ones left in Britain as well. I think now Camberwell is closed. So, yeah, I guess we really hope that, uh your plans and your dreams on, on having a proper uh, book binding program will will be uh, yeah fulfilled in, in, in the nearest future <laughs> not in yeah. you know 50 years <laughs> well it's it, it, yeah at the moment it's in my head i haven't done anything but, uh, but up the road i have bath which is where Bainton's is where cedric chivers was you know there's some really good but established binders in bath and printers and it feels as a as a world heritage city. It feels like a, the sort of place that people will travel from all over the world to come and live to study a subject like bookbinding. So it feels like a good place to be. But um, yeah, let's see. I'm, uh, I was also wondering uh, with bookbinding, like with arts, uh, it pays to start early. Uh, are there good programs for uh, for kids? Are there enough courses at schools? No, there's no courses at schools. So there's an, that's another bugbear of mine is I, I teach in schools quite a lot. And for me, it used to be taught as part of the primary school curriculum. Bookbinding was taught in the UK. And um, 
I believe that it's a really exciting and important skill for young people to learn because not only can it, if you look at all the subjects on the curriculum, you can tie it in with, you know, whether it's English, where you tie it in with literature, you tie it in with maths because you're doing measuring and estimating and you can tie it in with geography because you can look at different structures from around the world, history, art, you can do the covers, you know, and then not only that, you've also got the, the design technology skills and you've got life skills like threading a needle or tying a knot or, or you know, piercing holes or folding paper or using scissors or, you know, things I teach kids aged about from about six years old, I teach. And I, I also go to festivals. I do quite a lot of teaching in, it's quite a good wheeze. If you want to go to a music festival, you say, would you like a book binding course? And they give you free tickets. And it's, it's a really useful skill um, to have because you can uh, take it to fields. You can take it to, I teach at libraries. I teach in, I have a plan for a book binding bus as well. So you get an old mobile library, you kit it out and you take it anywhere and everywhere. And um, just take, you know, bring people on board, teach them some book binding and they go away with a book that they've made themselves and they are so happy. And, and yeah. Have you done, have you done Hayes Festival? I know they do lots of uh, I have approached Hay and they wanted to use their local book binder from Hay. But yeah, literary festival. I've been teaching a, a Sunday class for kids in bookbinding for a year or so. And it, it was the, the most amazing experience, uh, teaching experience I ever had. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have such, uh, such a pleasurable experience uh, in, in any of my classes I, 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 I did for, for adults. And uh, I, I was so afraid in the beginning because I was like, they wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't be interested. I don't know what. And uh, I was so deep in my head. And, uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then I started doing that and uh, it was amazing. And I'm, I'm yeah, I, I'm a bit sad that I don't have this opportunity anymore, maybe at some moment in the future. But yeah, it's it but, and, and also time. everyone's like, you can't teach kids because there's sharp knives and there's needles and there's scissors and they're going to cut themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, but they need to learn to use these things safely. You know, you can't yeah. just not <laughs> yeah. let them use them. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, um, are, are kids still interested in books as, uh, as objects? Or, I mean, for, for them, books is, uh, are probably mostly associated with learning, with school uh, uh, yeah. because I I, I, uh, I I have this feeling that for the most part uh, younger kids still read books and then from about like age 11 or 12 they switch almost completely uh, completely to computers yeah, so my 13 year old he, he loved reading uh, but now you know he has an iPhone and he it's this you know all day long <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's still reading still reading he's still interacting and, and we i'm afraid we're very old-fashioned and make him take a book to bed not his his phone but um yeah it's yeah whether whether that generation will then come back to books i don't know oh they, they will. will i hope they, they have to don't they i mean i mean i i grew up with computers i had my first computer when i was five uh -huh. 
uh, I'm still very much a, a bookish person. Uh, they, they both can exist alongside each other. It's not one or the other. Have your kids ever bound the book? Yeah, I, yeah, I've taught them all and they all come and help me at festivals. So they're all my assistants and yeah, they, they all, and, and quite often in the holidays, so at my university age ones, they need to earn a bit of extra money and I have, you know, I need assistance. It, it works quite well for all of us. They're, they're fairly adept now. Okay. That, that's 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 good, good, good to hear. Cheap labor. <laughs> yeah. Cheap labor. Not that cheap. So should we ask you to uh, take us for a tour of your studio? Uh, yeah, it's it's relatively tidy, especially for you. Um, and, <laughs> and there's no and homeschooling. They went back to school on Monday, so um, there's no. There's still the remnants of homeschooling, but. So it's it's a bit easier for you now. It's a bit it's, easier, yeah. There's less less kids at home. Less kids at home. <laughs> okay. Is that Great. good? Yeah. Yep. Do you want to start from coming in through the door? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to I want to see at least a bit of spring somewhere. Uh, green. This is my caravan. You can't see the view there. Well, That's the, the weather is not the, the best. English countryside. Oh, this, this is not great. the best. The sun is out. Yeah. This is my house. A pink house. I never thought I would live in a pink house. <laughs> so my workshop, my workshop is an old cow shed. So this is the old farm. Um, and this is the old cow shed. You can see the, uh, like where they used to put the feed for the cows, the hay on the on the walls okay. there still. Yeah. Do you want me to just keep going? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, we're coming in. So this is actually my new bit of my workshop. Um, <laughs> there's my reference library. This is this is my midlife crisis here I okay thought maybe i was going to still become be a, a drummer in a band but um it hasn't happened yet and what are you supposed to fix after you stop messing after i stop uh, uh, uh there was a poster saying stop messing ah. around fix it ah, stop messing fix it so that is uh extinction rebellion which is the um the global movement movement for climate change um yeah. so yeah i'm a paid up member of that and this is a painting as print by a friend of mine tom hammock which i swapped for some book binding it's big <laughs> i did a lot of um so yeah reference library so this is uh you know all my uh books and and yeah reference and old didn't new book binder magazines and um, uh, could you talk a bit more about it? What do you mean by reference library? Well, that's a what bit kind of, of books. That's a bit there? of a grand term. It's um, that's uh, so I've got I get past here. I've got the, so these are books about bookbinding, uh, catalogues, um, books. So this is a really good book, Jen Lindsay's Fine Bookbinding, a technical guide. This is Arthur Johnson's. Manual of bookbinding. This is what we all learned at London College of Printing. 
Um, and then these are more the sort of sciencey things. And then these are more the sort of art techniques, printmaking, botanical inks. Um, and then these are books which um, need binding that I've bought. So I've got some, that's like a first edition of Clockwork Orange, which I plan to bind one day. And that's the first edition of The Shining. I'm doing a Stanley Kubrick series. So I've already done Lolita and 2001 AD. So those two are the next in the series. Uh, and then down here is sketchbooks. Ref I said I don't do, I do some sketchbooks. And then um, these are publications that I have appeared in. And then these are Crafts Magazine, Bookbinder, New Bookbinder, that's the DB one. And then, I don't know, you're going lower. Um, <laughs> and then book structures to show students, really. And over here, then there's more, more books, 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 books everywhere. Uh, well, this is uh, strange yeah. for a bookbinder to have a lot of books. <laughs> that's surprising. I, I know, I feel like fire hazard in here. Um, this is my my lair where I hide and where I talk to you. And so this is the light where, I've, where I try and organize myself. And these are my current jobs at the moment, some of them. Mm -hmm. um, that's my list of jobs to do. Um, and this is where I stand all day. And I look out here and it's a pretty good place to stand. Absolutely. And, and that, that's a nice bench and a nice view. Oh, I love this. Seems My, perfect. This, this bench is an old Bodleian Library bench, and it has a light box. You can see that there's a light oh, box underneath. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice, and it's big. And why two trash bins? Uh, so I've got uh, one's not paper, and one is uh -huh. paper and not paper. So anything okay. that's not paper goes in that one. Um, what else? Do you do you use paper uh, waste or do you just uh, 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 put it to recycling? Uh, I recycle it in the household recycling. I was almost at the stage where I was having enough um, paper recycling to you know to make it worthwhile to get a specialist paper company to come and pick it up. But they, mm -hmm. I, you know, they normally they go to big offices and things to to do that. Um, what else? Um, this is books, uh, books in progress. This is a book I'm doing for, uh, so this, I'm, I'm doing a lot of books, the whole book. So this is, you can see the insides as well as the, as well as the outsides. I'm not, this is a collection of letters from the client from, of an ancestor of his, and we've put the whole book together, but it's not just his letters. There's actually a lot of them are from World War One, from, you know, fighting on the front. So it's, it's not just the outsides I do, also the insides. And these are all the, whoops, samples. Something shiny. Is that it, is, is it copper? copper. So it's, he's, yeah. he's a part of a whiskey dynasty. And so this is the copper that they use to make the uh, stills, to make the whiskey from. Um, so we're gonna use that to make uh, nameplates for the boxes. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a, a prototype plinth I'm working on with my son who studies design engineering. I actually think that the fact that I do bookbinding is very, very like design engineering. 
So this sits on here. I can do it with one hand. No, I can't do it with one hand. Sits on there like that. And this will be glass and then it will sit in a big dome and it will there's a way the problem with books is that you you bind the book and then the only way of displaying it is either open on a shelf so you can see just the front covers mm -hmm. or or you put it in a box and then it gets hidden in the box or the only display uh plinths that are available basically um they just show you the book open you know they just want to show yeah. you the text they don't want to yeah. show you i want people to be able to see the covers all the way around but then also to see the doublers and the end papers and above and below so it's just working on ways of of achieving that um so i'm just thinking about that at the moment um uh, so this this is an example of that so this is a prototype display case I had a friend of mine, a cabinet maker friend of mine made and it lifts off. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it in one hand. It's too delicate, but this lifts off and there's a little miniature book in there, uh, insect book with uh, wings that, that come out. Um, yeah. And it's, but this is, is a prototype for full size um, display cabinets. So you can, you can place your book inside and it becomes an art object as opposed to just a book on a shelf. And it's also um, has shelving for more books. And it, I, you know, you envisage it in your collector's library and they, they can have it as a piece of furniture in their library. Um, and uh, is uh, that a miniature book about beetles? Because yeah. it looks like a yeah, yeah. beetle. It's a miniature book about beetles. This is the book. And you can see inside, it has little uh, hand-colored illustrations of, of beetles. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in <laughs> fact, I've just been invited to do an exhibition and then these move, these uh, shell, oh, okay. the elytra they're called, they move and then the wings come out as well. Yeah. And what are the wings made of? The vellum, which have had, um, there is two layers of vellum and they've got ink drawing in between the two layers and in then the they're okay. gilded, gilded around the edge. Um, but I've just been asked to do a, um, an exhibition about insects, which features, you know, artists and jewelers and glassmakers. And I'm, I'm representing bookbinding for this exhibition about insects based on that book so someone had someone had seen it um what else is in here uh this is this is my evening class in painting this is my first ever oil painting it's my daughter um this is Kelmscott Chaucer the uh the basilisk press edition which I've now done three of these this is the fourth one I'm going to do mm -hmm. uh this is a box um, that's Lego for homeschooling. <laughs> Lego is essential. Yeah, yeah. Could you, could you show us your tools? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here, this is my tool board. So this is the sort of the big ones, and then this is my uh, this is the ones that I use every day. It's my tool roll, 
tools that I use every day. And then the sort of little ones. These are all dentist tools. These are very, very useful. Huh. Yeah. And these are these are uh, corner jigs. So I know everyone, you, I think you guys make uh, corner jigs like this. These were made for a, by a student of mine. And then my son, I shouldn't give you too many ideas, should I? My son printed, 3D <laughs> printed this holder for me to put my, my jigs in. Um, that, that's that's an interesting version of of, of uh, corner cutting jig. And and what about uh, that uh, interesting uh, tool, uh, the big one in the middle of the board, like a saw? It is a saw. Uh, what do you use? Uh, ah, so you cut your own boards? Not with a saw. I use that saw for cutting dowel most of the time. I think for cutting uh, wood. Do you know these things? This is a. Have you seen these? These are good. This is could be three D mm. printed. So this is what when you uh, rounded no back idea. to your book. This is for for rounding. When you've rounded and back to your mm. book, mm -hmm. you use it to shape the um, shape along the spine to give it a really nice smooth edge. But it's mm. got different um, profiles depending on the width of your spine. Mm -hmm. It looks handmade. Uh, did you have somebody make it for you? No, I think uh, actually it was. I shouldn't be. I think it's sold by uh, Book Total in um, Netherlands. It looks mm -hmm. like it's been made in a mold. I think it's pre prior to three D printing. It's look. It's some kind of plastic. It's not wood. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Should we go down here? I've got, um, I studied Chinese, so I've got a lot of um, Chinese posters and... Um, do, do you still speak Chinese? Uh, a little bit, not, not as much as I should. I wish I'd probably be making more money if I was still speaking Chinese. Um, what have we got, board chopper. Um, this is a book. I'm just washing the pages at the moment. I'm I'm always interested in how how our guest would call this uh, uh, this tool. I mean, board chopper because this there are so so many names. Yeah, and board, board chopper, chopper and board board chair or yeah, that's a guillotine. Yeah, yeah, and that is a board chopper. I'm always a bit angry when, when people uh, call a board chopper a guillotine because well. It's wrong. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, on so many levels. <laughs> uh, so you do uh, so you do conservation work too. No, I don't do conservation work. I I I'm just washing these pages because I pulled the book because I'm going to rebind it, and they were just a bit browner than I would have liked. And um, I'm just washing them in warm water, but actually, it's not quite enough. I'm talking to a conservator about what I can do safely that will clean them a bit more. But then I put this on Instagram and everyone said, oh, don't worry about it, they're fine. But I'd, I'd like them to be a bit less brown, but I'm no, I'm not a conservator. The, the, again, that's a, a different beast again. What are, uh, this is a press, this is a press, uh, this is a lesson, is um, a student of mine broke it by putting it, this is my really wonderful big, big press. You can see these, these boards here, they're huge and a huge big space. And they put mm -hmm. a miniature book in just about here. 
and yeah. tightened it and the whole thing sheared off so you can see it's it's currently missing all its bits it's in the process Ooh. of being fixed so it's a lesson to uh put the book in the middle of the press not on the edge of the press oh yeah yeah you can damage it it's pretty easily there, with yeah. all the force that press has yeah yeah especially when you have some small object placed in and that's yeah not not only not only at the edge but also if if it's a small object it it, it can yeah. damage it yeah. pretty fast <laughs> I, I learned that quickly how old is that is that press this press i'd say is 50s i don't know yeah. I, I bought it from a friend yeah why do you think uh, 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 that is uh, we almost all presses we see are uh, at least uh, from the 50s or even older don't they make them anymore or are, the, are these better you can buy new ones but they're really expensive and mm. the old ones work just as well um, and they're beautiful and they're this is my medium-sized press <laughs> and then this is my blocking press which was um which has got my name on it, which I was quite pleased with. This is done by Les from Homeward Bound. Have you come across him? He does all the restoration of, of all bookbinding equipment and he he's he's uh, he's worth talking to. Pavel, are you taking notes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's leather, cloth. Uh, this is uh, this is the bookbinding competition. You can see it's in the way of my ink. Oh. Uh, these are my. And you use ink to uh, color your letters. Yeah. So this this actually is what I'm meant to be doing this afternoon is dyeing these two skins. So I've got. Um, these are Hewitt uh, leather dye powder. This is what I tend to use the most. And I just have red, yellow, blue, and black and mix them up to different colors. And I've got, the trouble is I can't, I've got a whole library of, of colors here, but I can't reach them because of the, the book blending competition. So I've decided mm -hmm. I'm gonna make, make some new ones. Uh, so that's what this is, is making. I see that we buy the same gem as, as you do. This was uh, <laughs> red, red and white uh, uh, caps, uh, which is Bon Maman or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why do you uh, dye your own leather? Why don't you buy it uh, ready made? Isn't there uh, like. Um, more, uh... I suppose, I, I mean, I do buy ready made, but um, I think I went a few exhibitions and it seemed like everybody was using exactly the same colors and it was you could identify you go oh that's Harmton fine number 27 you know and and you're like and I'm like there must be more variety in life than this so yeah dyeing your own leathers it gives you a much obviously an infinite range of colors textures um you know, and you can manipulate it, you can um, paste resist it, you can use stencils, I mean, it's just huge range. It just, it just immediately uh, widens what you can do. Uh, is it a long and laborious process or can you make it like in a weekend? 
Oh, no, you can do it quite quickly. You can do it. Um, the skins that I'm doing at the moment are quite long and laborious because they, um, I, they're the colours of, uh, it's like an ombre um, dyeing. So it's, it's a very sort of shaded, it goes from one colour to the next colour to the next colour, but very, very gradually. And everyone assumes that it's airbrushed, but I actually do it um, by with with leather dyes. So, but it you do it with very very dilute dyes, build it up very very slowly, and it gives a really lovely effect. But yeah, that takes about three or four days to dye a skin. Um, but you can get you know some of these dyes like these, um, like the Feebing's dyes and the the alcohol based dyes. They're very immediate color, you know, and you once it's on, it's on. You can't take it off. So it's you've got to get it right first time but again that's a you know an exciting part of the process or or scary part of the process what else i've got uh this is like an old apple store and i've got all my aerosols uh, inks you know i've been doing this for 25 years and 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 book binders are hoarders we, you know, we save everything. Yeah. yeah, because when you throw out any, uh, something, uh, you, you, you usually uh, need it. You need it. After you, yeah, after, after you throw it away. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, these are sort of case bindings. These are notebooks, you know, things that I can make up if I need to. When on, oh, this is, um, this is Philip Smith's um, old uh, guillotine. It's a little hand guillotine. Um, and the, the rest of it's actually down there, but uh, it's, uh, um, this is my, but it came from the auction of his stuff after he died, which is a really, it's nice to have that sort of connection to someone so well known in the bookbinding world. Um, this is my first board chopper. This is, you know, that, that served me well for 20 years. It looks almost handmade. It's, but it, it works, you know, it's still, a, it's like a board shear, a bench yeah. shear, but it, it, it works. Um, I, I have a small collection of uh, board choppers from the smallest sizes to, well, not, not the table size, uh, because I don't have a, a place to put a large one at, at my home at the moment. But yeah, mm. I have something like 10 of them or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, oh, this this is uh, uh, my vertical plow, which is um, hiding under here. I I have actually gone back to using a traditional plow more. And is it is it lowered or is it a different? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it needs it needs calibrating at the moment. Yeah. Um, and here these are my tools. So I've got some. I don't have a huge range of tools. Let's move that away. Um, but I, you know, I have a lot of basic shapes and, and old uh, letter, old tools that I can then um, uh, manipulate and, and make into um, custom shapes. Um, but this, just this little collection seems to cover pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. And this is this is the packaging department, which is all. <laughs> Or the bubble wrap in the shower. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else 
Yeah, where do you keep your uh, uh, leather and where do you keep your papers? Okay, uh, leather is there, up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a paper store here. So this is all my decorative papers. And then... Could you show, could you show us something yeah. nice? Something nice. These are um, actually Gemma Lewis papers. These are sample papers that she's done for this whiskey project. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see a few Shepherd's Japanese papers. It's not the best organized drawer. <laughs> uh, um, I tend to not have huge um, stores of paper because inevitably, if you, you keep them, you keep them all, and then the one that you want you don't have. So I tend to buy stuff in. Or if you go to fair, oh, I like this one. Check this paper. Oh, this out. is fun. Good, isn't it? Uh, who, who, who made this? I have one? No idea. I I bought it in Paper Chase. I mean, it's mm. the problem with it is that it's it has glitter on it, and um, you, you put it, you stick it on your book, and then there is glitter everywhere. Board offcuts. Everyone has a box for board offcuts, um, and um, yeah, I think uh, this is a board of old designs. Another board of this is my old workshop. So um, about th three years ago, I broke through this wall into the into the new one because it's it's got better light and better view. But yeah, I, I spend a lot of my time in here and um, it's it's my second home. And I'm about to start, I've got, I've got, I can teach um, up to five students really comfortably and socially distanced in here as well. There's enough equipment. So that's, that's what's happening so next. You're teaching in a new workshop or you use up uh, all of the, the space you have while, while you're teaching? Uh, a bit of both. Yeah. Um, look, there's my husband. <laughs> He'll be happy. Uh, your, your family members appear in, in, in our videos I all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, this one. So I've been asked to do this exhibition about insects. And this is a book about, I don't know, this is very interesting. Micro sculpture, portraits of insects. Mm. So you said, where do you get your ideas from? And these are like microscopic photographs of of insects, but look at this, it looks, doesn't it look like leather, you know, with gold yeah. dots in it? So that's, anyway, that's, um, this is my traveling press, so I can actually pick it up and take it to festivals. It's um, light enough to carry. And this is my first book press. This is the first book press I ever had. And that's the first. This is a heavy beast. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I've, for 15 years, it was me on the kitchen table with this laying press and this mm -hmm. nipping press, and that was it. Mm -hmm. and, and everything else has just been gathered and built up over the years. Well, that's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Uh, how long have you uh, been, uh, occupied this space? This new space? No, no, the, 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 the old one, the, uh, the whole studio, uh, how long ago? The old one, about 10 years, and then this new space, about three years, two or three years. And in, uh, in foreseeable future, that's enough for you? I, I think so. 
I don't know. My husband wants a bit of it. I think he thinks it's too much. It's too big for one person. But then you get students in here, and you get, um, and then you know, I'm thinking about taking on an apprentice, and then maybe you might want to have two apprentices, and then suddenly it all gets a bit tight. I think, I think the drum kit has to go. I have to realize that I'm never going to be a drummer. So that I'm afraid that's going, and it, it, there will be another workbench there. But uh, yeah, it's a good space. Does your husband do? Uh, do does your husband do some, some crafting, or why do? Why does he want to? Uh, you know, take take oh, out, take away your space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he makes uh, television documentaries, but he's just retrained as a psychotherapist. So he wants a space to do counselling, and he's he he thinks there's a nice space down there next to the bathroom, which would be perfect for him. Um, we're, we're still discussing it. Well, yeah, negotiations may be pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks a lot for the tour. No problem. There are lots of interesting things in your in your workshop, and uh, I guess uh, some of our viewers may get some ideas uh, and some inspiration uh, on how to organize their shops as well. It's a nice. It's a nice place. And I really like your view. Oh, look, there's a dog. You can see, I'm going to turn you around. You can see the dog. There's always a, I always have a dog in here. That's what you're not seeing. Is there's always, that's the puppy, the lockdown puppy. There's always two dogs in here barking. But yeah, no, it's a great space. Uh, what I would say is the bigger, the, as big a space as you have, you'll fill it. So <laughs> That's true. If you can. Yeah. When when we moved to our current house, uh, I I sort of occupied uh, uh, our living room with uh, with my workshop, and uh, well, it's it's a huge living room. I guess it's it's a bit larger than your studio. But uh, now there were lots of empty walls and all that stuff uh, when we moved here, and now every every bit of space is occupied by my stuff and there is only only a little bit of space left for for my wife and i to to sit on a couch and and watch a movie or something like that <laughs> yeah. so i need a new workshop i yeah. once worked in a uh, i worked we had to share it was our living room it was our bedroom sorry i've got a cough now we, it was my workshop, it was the living room, it was the bedroom, it was the baby's room, it was, you know, yeah. my husband's office all in the same room. It was interesting. <laughs> that, that's a good word. <laughs> but then that's how the whole world been uh, spending their time for a year now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So many people are, are, you know, I'm incredibly lucky to live with this space and and to have this space next to my house you know so that i can have been able to work throughout the pandemic i'm incredibly fortunate so many of our binders have been locked out of their binders so yeah it's it's a good situation to be in okay soon i'll be a professional at zoom Not yet. <laughs> yeah we, we all sort of have to learn this new skill yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not part of my skill set. But um, I, I had some issues with it uh, in the beginning. Pavel definitely had much more experience than uh, uh, than I do with Zoom, Zoom because he has to teach quite a lot. Uh, 
Well, there, there was this moment when uh, on uh, Friday we learned that the whole school will have to go online on Monday and we had to reinvent the whole process. So there were basically 48 hours without any sleep or we've been talking, 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 training, calling each other, trying things out and then it worked somehow. Next year, next year, it will finally be okay. Hopefully. Imagine, imagine having a normal summer. I mean, like meeting friends, traveling. Remember that? It's been a long time. Yeah, having book fairs, festivals, dance. I guess I miss the book markets and flea markets the the most. The pub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is well, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I guess I guess that's it for for the for like this. Taken up a lot of your time. I feel. Yeah, for this episode oh, no, of we, our we, podcast. We, we yeah, it was a great pleasure. Thoroughly, yeah. oh, thank you for having. Yeah. yeah, it it was quite inspiring, and uh, yeah, I. I not not only inspiring because we discussed uh, many many quite important topics and you told us about the about the designer book binders and about the competitions uh, quite a lot and uh, I guess that uh, can answer many questions uh, some of our uh, viewers have and uh, help them to you know to start applying and uh, trying to send their books to competitions because I'm, I'm absolutely sure that some people sort of uh, are a bit shy to begin this process because they're unsure how this all goes what is yeah what is the process so yeah I hope this this will help them well all I can say is, is go for it give it a go yeah definitely yeah and be prepared to pick yourself up and 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 dust yourself down and and get back on your horse <laughs> yeah, and do it again exactly so uh thanks again thank you very much to all of our viewers and our members of our community yeah i'd like to also say thanks to uh our patrons on patreon who uh, give us their money uh, to to spend on editing of these videos and uh, probably in the future on uh uh, other language uh, versions uh, of our podcast at least uh, we plan to start french and spanish uh, versions and we'll need some money on translation and all that stuff so uh, please join the crowd uh, the link uh, to patreon is in the description below um, and uh, well see you next time thank, thank you. you bye bye, bye.